Welcome to Vibe Talk Awaken. I'm your host, Vibe Queen. On the show, we will get to know artists, entrepreneurs, and coaches living life in their truth after experiencing an awakening. We'll talk about their journey, wisdom, and any tools they've learned along their path. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Vibe Talk Awaken. I am your host, Vibe Queen, and I'm super excited to have this week's guest, founder of the Healing Soul School. Before we get into it, I just want to let everybody know that if you are listening and you are an entrepreneur, you're a coach, an author, a journalist, anything like that, and you have uh, been thinking about perhaps starting a podcast and you don't really know where to start, if you are looking for someone to help build a podcast, send me an email. Perhaps I and my team can help you and that's info at vibequeenmusic.com before we get into our conversation with miss cardoza i want to tell you guys a little bit about her because she's pretty incredible so miss christine cardoza is a conscious business coach and energy healer she helps driven entrepreneurs and healers find what's holding them back and then shows them how to scale high ticket and shine in their soul purpose which I absolutely love. So welcome, Christine. How are you feeling today? I am feeling great. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. It's wonderful. Absolutely. So I, I really love how we connected. So we connected on an account on Instagram, the holistic psychologist, which I've been following her account for a couple of years. And she literally has both changed my life and just helped me through a really dark time. I would love for you to share how you came across her account and how she has maybe helped you. For, for sure. I feel like what you just said was my story. <clears throat> About uh, three years ago, I was in a very dark place, depression, didn't want to get out of bed. And I thought I've lived and had better times. There's got to be a way out of this. This can't be what my life is. And I started to do a deep dive. I found her on Instagram and it was really her story around boundaries and how to create them that has changed my life forever. Along with boundaries, codependency, the father, mother wound, even just how vulnerable she is in sharing her story and where she has come from. I really see a lot of my story in hers and have followed her for, I could share all of her posts. They're just all so good. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'll be very honest. I heard of the word boundaries, but I didn't really know how to implement them. Right. And I realized that even when I would say them, I would betray myself. And so for me, the biggest takeaway was just the whole idea of self-betrayal and just keeping those small promises. It was there something um, that she shared that has been like a big takeaway for you that you were able to implement that you still stick with now? Totally. I think the future self journaling was the first step for me to really understand how to follow through on those little things each day and having a morning routine. I, I had heard about it before, but it never really followed through. She taught me the importance of meditation and introduced me to Joe Dispenza. So Dr. Joe Dispenza, I've been following his work and love the mindset stuff. I've always been, I say a bit of a nerd when it comes to psychology and the brain and how all of that works, like what makes people tick. So I really loved following his information and Abraham Hicks. I had, I've grown up in very strict religious circles. And so the, to hear Abraham Hicks and it was this channeling and I'm like, what, how come it's a woman and it has a man's name? So I was really confused in the beginning, but as I started to listen to the messages, I was like, oh my goodness, this is really great. Just a way to open up my consciousness that I didn't even realize was something there. I could say that I've known God. I've had a relationship off and on. I was in a point of off three years ago. 
and just really helped open my eyes to a whole new world. Wow. So let's go back a bit because I know you and I have spoken and something that you mentioned to me, which I was very fascinated with, is that you said you grew up very religious. So can you share with us how you grew up and how that shaped your mindset, especially as a child? Yes, for sure. So I grew up Jehovah's Witness and I went to a Catholic high school and then I married into a Baptist family and then I went non-denominational and then I went to nothing. Was like the spectrum of where I had come from, but I'd have to say during those really early beginning years when we don't have a filter and we take everything as face value of what our caretakers are telling us as truth and how that builds up for our future, being a Jehovah's Witness was very difficult. They definitely practice what they preach as far as going to meetings three times a week, door to door, all that kind of stuff. But in my family, I found that there was a lot of hypocrisy. So from what they were saying versus what they were doing, it didn't match. And as a child, like at 13, I had just asked my mom, I said, please don't send us back there. Like, it just doesn't feel right. There's something there that's missing. And I feel that for me, a lot of the anger that I've held on to from childhood is just simply because of my God or what I would perceive as a God at that time is a God of love and would not ostracize someone from the family or from talking to them anymore because they don't believe in the same religious views as you anymore. That just felt so wrong. Wow. And did your parents listen when you asked to not go back or how did that? Yes, thankfully. Okay. And yeah, we might have a younger sister. So we stopped going to the meetings during the week. Yes. Wow. And so what shifted in, in the household? Mom wasn't, she had been as a child herself, but really wasn't practicing. So it was really gotcha. like an aunt and uncle and their married families. And my grandma are really the only ones still, but even growing up, we were Jehovah's Witness, not Jehovah's Witness. And just the, really, I feel the shame at school when we don't really understand about religion and division and having to stand outside in the hallway for O Canada and not celebrating Christmas or birthdays. They only believe in celebrating anniversaries, not to put any one person on a pedestal. I can understand from that angle, but as a child, you really have no idea. And when the rest of your class is celebrating something and you're having to be removed or yeah, not able to take part, it really leaves a lot of questions and confusion. And so can you maybe explain to our audience just the reasoning behind that? Because you just explained like they celebrate anniversaries and not birthdays and things like that. Could you like maybe explain very brief, like the premise to that and perhaps how it's explained to a child that, okay, so this is the reason why we're not going to celebrate your birthday, which would be a hard thing I would think to articulate to a kid. Yes, totally. So when a birthday is celebrated, it is uh, putting that person on a pedestal and they don't feel that it should only be Jehovah instead of the person. But a married couple can have the anniversary celebrated because it's two people. It's the union of them and celebrating that. As far gotcha. as Easter and Christmas, Halloween, those are pagan rituals gotcha. or pagan celebrations. And they don't believe that Jesus was born on the 25th. Actually, it's been a long time since I've been in that religion or I have heard that, but yeah, they just, they don't, they really believe that's a pagan uh, festival or a celebration. Wow. And so do you remember the exact moment that you awakened as a 13 year old where you felt like something is off or was it a gradual thing? I think it was gradual and 
I I do remember like knocking. So we'd go knocking door to doors on a Saturday. And I remember one house, a kid from school opened the door. And wow. I, remember, like, I was one at the ground because <laughs> they don't understand why you're there. Like it was super embarrassing. And I, I think that was probably the catalyst of what am I actually doing? What is this? And also the division in my family. I felt, I definitely felt that as a, a young kid. And it just, it, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right that if, let's say if I decided not to be Jehovah's Witness anymore, then they're instructed to not ever talk to me again as a fan, like my family to never talk to me again. And it's, I think supposed to be like hard love, bring them back into the fold because we're taking away our love. But to me, that's not God's love. Like if I have a child, an adult child, and they decide not to continue on in the faith, then I find it very heartless or that's very mean to not have a relationship or to cut off all ties completely that does not make me want to come back to the religion there's nothing in there that says come back not at all you know it's it just i just remember being very angry about that and understanding at 13 that's not how you treat someone and that doesn't feel like god's love yeah i could see that and once you got married and then transitioned into another religion can you share with us what that experience was like yeah just before that, I so I was in high school. I had switched to a Catholic high school for really just so that I wasn't beating the deten or the detention or I was bagging school. And I decided, okay. you know what, I'm going to go to a stricter school, which was the Catholic one. I couldn't figure out how to get around or their system or whatever. So I was in class. I stayed in class. And having to go to mass, it just it didn't feel right either. I the pews were hard and just listening to the, the ceremony at the front, I was like, okay, this definitely is not for me either. Wow. Yeah. And then when I got married into a Baptist family, it felt like I like life. Like I felt like the messages and what they were speaking at the front just really filled my soul and it felt really good. It felt like it was loving. And I became a Sunday school teacher and I did that for seven years. Wow. And um, got a divorce. And I think just through that and where is God, I thought I was set and this horrible thing happened. And I thought I had done everything that I was supposed to. I was just really confused. And so then I left for Asia and I was around a lot of Buddhism and mm -hmm. it was very peaceful. I went to some fest like festivals or temples just to investigate and see what what that was all about. And I really just found through all of that and a grade 11 religion class that there is a, a thread of truth in all religions. Mm -hmm. you know, how is it that one one dialect or one religious group, you know, has to be the right one? And that's really Jehovah's Witnesses push that is that everyone else is wrong. How mm -hmm. can they all be wrong? And so I, I was grateful actually for that foundation to be able to have a look at different denominations and, and really have a, I think a strong foundation for what felt right to me. And it was having a relationship with a higher being or a creator source and just following that on my own path. When I, I moved to Costa Rica and after Asia and went to a non-denominational church and it was really just love. These people were there, they were strangers to me it was a very vulnerable time for me and they just opened their arms. One couple in particular, the missionary couple, and they treated me like their own child. And it was so beautiful. And I was still able to hear the messages there, a little bit more grace and not so much the legalistic part that I had come through. Mm -hmm. But I think just for me, not even coming back to Canada, not having a secure community, 
I went to this church and that church just trying to find where I fit in. And I didn't really think that or feel that I fit in anywhere. So then I just started to not go at all. And I miss that. I think it was part of my journey to, to feel that and to not have any connection, not, no, no church, no prayer, nothing like that. But then when I started to come back towards my spirituality and really understanding consciousness and starting to dabble in other things that I wasn't allowed, like a Reiki session, it's energy healing work. And I thought, you know what? I was never allowed to do that in any of the other religions I was in. Let me try it and see. And that kind of just started a path of meeting other energy healers and a couple mediums that for sure would not have been allowed to, to visit in the previous religions. And they were normal. They were just like me. And they were sharing a message that through their intuition and being able to, I guess, just really do their own inner work and hear angels, guides, God, source, creator, and speaking that through them, I felt like it, it felt normal. It felt okay. It didn't feel like I was doing something wrong, but I also get those same hunches. And I started to realize that if I had an you know advice for someone or a message would come through, but that was really God speaking in whatever way. And I thought, this is really neat. Actually, you can still have that relationship, but it's on a bigger scale. It's like I heard someone talk about religions like the fishbowl mm -hmm. and then your spirituality or consciousness is like being in the ocean. And I felt like I was in the ocean for the first time and I felt so free. And I started to meet people who were saying the same kinds of things that I that felt good for me and, and sounded like truth. And just being able to find, I call them soul tribe, just really connecting to my soul and to what that looked like for me has been such a beautiful experience. There's no divisions, there's no labels. It's just simply, you feel the energy off someone. I think it's very common people can go to a party or to a grocery store and you just feel that connection with someone. That's a soul connection. Sometimes you don't even have to speak or you have one conversation and you feel mm -hmm. like you've known them forever. Right. That's your it's soul recognition like that are saying, hey, there's a connection here. And it's, I think a lot of times, especially if it's opposite sex, it could be taken as maybe there's something sexual here. And it's not even, it's just your souls are connecting on an energetic level. And it is really beautiful. So there's, there's a couple things I want to tackle because you just shared a ton. And so the first thing I want to ask you is, and I think I have a speculation as to why I think this isn't allowed, but I would love for you to share the answer because I don't want to assume. And sure. so you mentioned that energy healing is not allowed in, in, in the religions that you experienced. And so I speculate that the reason for that is because in organized religion, if you give people the realization that they actually have all the power within them, they don't need the organized religion anymore. They don't need to go to church. They don't need a place to listen to the pastor. Yeah, it's nice. It's community. But that relationship with God is always right here. Right. And the power is within them. And that's actually way more palpable than anything else. And so if you give people that secret, it's, whoa, the light that we all have can outshine anyone and anything. So that's what I think it is, but I would love for you to share why is it that this energy work is not allowed or considered maybe black magic or, oh, what are you doing this Reiki healing? Can you elaborate? Yes, absolutely. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. It's definitely because they, they want to be able to control 
what the people are hearing and seeing. And with energy work, it's all about 3D and, and the world as we know it, but there's multi-dimensions. And even in your mind, when you do a meditation, you can go in, like you can go into either into your heart, into consciousness, your soul, however that looks. But I really just feel that whatever the religion is, they really just want people focused on one area or keep them in a box, so to speak. Imagine with fear just coming and going here or there, then the tithing, that church is not going to be able to pay their expenses. It's, I don't know, there's just a lot there. I feel that if they can keep everything contained in a box and bring the people into just one way of the way that we're supposed to live or how they serve their God. I think that's it. As far as like when I was younger, it was new age. We don't really use that term anymore. I think woo is an easier way uh, or like explains that, but it's something is, it's very mystical and not a lot of people understand it and leaders especially. And so if you have all this mysticism and these exciting things are happening, like people can heal their bodies. We are self healers. We do mm -hmm. have that power within us. And so it really just takes the power away from them, I feel, and why it's frowned upon. I love that you mentioned self-healers. And that's really what was so aha, even with the holistic psychologist, and that's what she's preaching, is that we have the power to heal ourselves. And that's just so amazing. Almost like, duh, right? <laughs> in a way, like, it's right in front of us. But yeah, that's such a good point. Something I would love to get your opinion on, because I feel like in my own personal life, I'm in such, I'm experiencing so many synchronicities. And I follow a lot of accounts. This is one account that I follow. His name is Phil. I'm forgetting his last name right now. But I love his messages. And something he mentioned in one of his uh, videos is that you need to start expecting these synchronicities and stop being surprised. And so when you see 1111 or 123 or 1212, stop going, oh my God, just go, <laughs> of course, stop, no. start expecting these things. Like you need to stop with the, oh, this is crazy. Like now you just need to start expecting them. And so I feel like I'm like in this flow now and I see so many synchronicities that it's just almost, yeah, that's what happens. And so the other day I got this text message from this lady that I, no kidding, met eight years ago. I met this woman on the street eight years ago. And so she texted me and I, I've never changed my cell phone number. I know. And so she messaged me out of nowhere. And this is a woman who approached me on the street and she's not a Jehovah's Witness, but she is religious and she believes in the mother of God. So we were chatting via text message and I'm not a Christian. I'm definitely spiritual, but I've never subscribed to any religion. And so I'm talking to her. I'm definitely open-minded. I've always, I'm always down to have a conversation with someone. And so she's asking me all these thought provoking questions. What do you think happens after you die? And I'm like, our consciousness, I don't believe it's, I feel like we've always been here. So we're having this really intellectual conversation and it's great. And so she, she presented this thought to me and I thought it was very interesting and it actually caused me to have this really big epiphany and I would love to get your feedback on it and so she said when it came to Buddhism she felt that Buddhism makes you believe that happiness can be achieved on your own without a god because it's meditation it's going inward it's stillness and she said that doesn't work for most people because most people aren't able to become that still and get into meditation and she said, that's why it doesn't work for most people and people give up on Buddhism. And that's why they need a God. They need some kind of religion. And so of course she claims her religion is it, which is fine. 
But just the fact that you presented that, I thought that was so interesting. And so I'm just curious if you think that's what it is when it comes to organized religion. Does it give people something to hold on to? Does it give them just their faith, community, just, okay, we're just going to hold on to that? Do you think that's what it is? And do you think maybe deep down people know there could be something else and they just don't want to entertain it? I would love your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. I do feel that we've all been conditioned to look outside of ourselves for happiness, for healing, for a connection to a godlike figure. It's always been look outside, go to a church. How come you could just stay in your house and do a prayer or something like that? I've always felt that wherever you are, God is inside of you or consciousness or creator, spirit, whatever the word is that people are comfortable with. So I think even Neville Goddard in the early 1900s, he wrote a book, uh, many books actually, but talking about how we are God, being that God is in us. Not that I'm a God, you have to bow to me. <laughs> We're all connected. We're all energy beings. Even the inchworm is an energy being just like we are. And yes, we have higher intellect and all of that, but there is that connection. It reminds me of Avatar when they're at, I don't know if you've seen it, but like <laughs> at the end when they're all down and they're hugging each other, like their arms around each other and they're praying and they're calling to mother earth, Gaia, the tree of life to save them. And it's that connection. But if you look at, they have the, the roots are all out and you can see them and they're lit up and everything talks to each other. The trees mm -hmm. communicate and all of that. And I feel like a lot of that has been kept from us and to go to church and to look to a God outside of us when really it's inside. And I didn't really understand. We've heard to meditate and I didn't really understand what that meant or what it felt like until this year, a good coach friend of mine, she taught me how to go within and how to really meditate and to get rid of the monkey mind and, and quiet that down so that you can hear the messages. Let the feeling in your body or your intuition, whatever your next steps are in life, you're going to start to hear that in your meditations. And I find by being able to go in and realize that we have God's source energy within us, then once hone in on that, and it's a practice definitely, to be able to just get in there and listen, you can have a most delicious meditation. Your heart is open, you're feeling great. So that when you're out in traffic and someone cuts you off, instead of flipping them the bird or reacting, you're like, it's okay, come on in. Cause you're just, you're grooving, you're feeling good. And I didn't realize until I started meditating every day, how much my body was in fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the holistic psychologist, she had recommended a book called uh, the body keeps the score. And I was like, oh yes, perfect. I read the book and it was a hard read. There's some very. I'm sensitive. So there's some, you know, stories in there of what people have gone through, but it's true. Like our body does remember. And I've had some trouble with my left knee and I've been seeing a subconscious healer for it. And she is, her modality is so beautiful and magical. She's actually been able to pinpoint where that came from in my childhood. Wow. Really pinned to self-criticism. And I'm like, oh yeah, I could totally wow. in the generations of my family and how that self-criticism has been passed down and my knee's fine. It like, it still does twinge a little bit. I'm still releasing some of the toxins and stuff, but I haven't had any a surgery. I haven't had an accident or anything like that, where the knee should even hurt. There's nothing there. It's the emotion that's tied to it. And as I've been learning more about how that's all integrated and being able to self-heal, 
it's really cool. Like anything that you're feeling in your body is energy that is needing to get out. It's blocked or hard energy that's from a hurt or something from the past that just needs to be moved. It needs to be released. And now that I'm understanding, even with exercise before, I would be like, uh, going to the gym, <laughs> not my thing, but getting out and moving it. But now that I understand I'm moving the energies in my body and mm -hmm. I'm from a self-healing point of view, going for a walk, or I like doing Qigong because you can really feel the energy. I don't know if you've ever done it before. No. Even just a beginner Qigong class, it's 15 or 30 minutes. Man, you feel the energy moving around your body. And you can't even be in a bad mood. Try to be in a bad mood after you do some Qigong. Like you just feel so good because that energy is moving. And I raise a little one. She's eight. And even in the morning, Qigong, it's very much Tai Chi, Chinese medicine, where you clap and it's just moving the energy in your body, mm -hmm. you go up and down your body, but even down the legs and then up the inside, you can feel like the lymph nodes or whatever that might be hurting that stuck energy and being able to move that you're going, you're just naturally going to heal yourself. You're naturally going to feel better. So my little one in the morning, when I've been waking up for school, I just started doing the clapping just on her arms and her legs and she'll just lay there. She actually, it's really neat how she likes it. And I think she understands the feeling and the movement of the energy, even if she can't explain it or what's happening she'll actually let me do it. And she's waking up in a better mood. She's not as grumpy. Get away because <laughs> school's starting. It, it's been really neat because even just that little bit of movement of energy, I'm noticing even her in the morning, it's a much more pleasant experience for both of us. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Definitely going to implement something that I want to start asking every single guest, because I'm just curious what other like-minded, successful, conscious leaders do. And especially since you talked about what kind of what your morning routine is. Could you share with our listeners what you do in the morning to get yourself wrapped up? What does an average morning look like to get you going in the flow? Very good. My pleasure. We actually teach this in our coaching class is basically in the morning, as soon as you, as soon as your eyes, maybe before they even open, you're registering, am I awake? Am I still sleeping? You're in theta stage. And that is the best time to meditate because you can really go in and deep. So if you don't have to go to the bathroom, then if you can put on something on your eyes, an eye mask or something just to deepen that as soon as the light starts, then the melatonin to go to bed, serotonin wakes you up. So the serotonin starts, starts in your body or depending on the sun where you are. So the closer to that theta stage that you can get, the better because you're going to get a, a deeper meditation. And that's also the best time to reprogram your subconscious before you get into beta stage. This is where my nerd comes out. I love this stuff. So in the morning, what I do is I just simply, I ground. And what that means is I just call God, source, light energy to come through me all through my body and go right down into the earth, right into the center. And you can pretend that there's um, roots down there or I like crystals, whatever you would imagine to be in the center of the earth. And you wrap that light around the center of the universe. What you're doing is you're grounding yourself before your feet even hit the floor. You're giving yourself that feeling of foundation for the day. And then you bring that right back up into your heart. The more you can open your heart in the morning, first thing, and that could be you know, five people that you're grateful for and you just go through them one by one. So whoever's in your house, someone that's important to you, if you're having any tension with someone, that's a really good time. Just send them love. 
it's going to help to dissolve the situation and, and just start to view them in the way that you want them to be and magic will start to happen. It'll be, it's really cool how things, the energy start moving with that. And then just get into a meditation. If you know how, you know, the practice and you're familiar with that, it's just simply with the eyes closed and just quieting your mind. If it, you're new to the practice, this is something I'm also still working on. I like a guided meditation because I don't have to think about it. Someone can just tell me what to think or where to be. But what I have been practicing is just doing a few minutes of my own before I would do a guided meditation, if that's what I feel like for the day. I think if you're too rigid with your morning routine, then probably you won't stick with it. And then, or it could get boring or your ego starts to say, hey, why don't you sleep in? Why don't you push the snooze button? Something like that. So really important to do, even if it's three things in the morning that you really, the gratitude a little meditation to clear your mind and just open your heart. I really like, someone had taught me to pretend that there's a door on your heart and open it up and just let the light shine through and wherever that's meant to go. So in the grounding, when you do that and the that light comes back up into your heart, you can extend that to your house, to your street, to your city, to your, I'm in Canada, so province or, you know, country, whatever that is, and just wrap the, the earth in light. It's just so beautiful because it raises the vibration for everybody. And then before, so that's what I do before my feet even hit the floor. And then if maybe I feel like another meditation, if it's early enough, so I'll do another meditation and then writing out a few things. Generally, it's what I want my, for my day or maybe some things that I want to manifest. I think it's really important. The law of attraction is there and there's some valuable points to it. But I really do feel that it comes before that. What's your vibration? Are you in a repel vibration? Are you in an attraction? You're in repel when you're thinking about the lack of something not being there, whether it's your bank account or a love that you want to have or whatever that is. So in the morning, I think it's really important to be in a blissful state or a beautiful state, which is love, joy, peace. You start your day way better, definitely. And just a little hack for any parents with little kids or getting them ready for the day, just envision them in that morning routine while you're laying there of, of them being pleasant, getting dressed on their own or whatever maybe your challenges are, just view them how you want them to be and the energy is going to change and it will start happening. The little one that I raised, I remember one day she was full on meltdown, putting on snow pants and boots and anyone who's lived in the north it's hard to put those on a little kid with them helping versus them just laying dead on the floor in a, in a meltdown and I was so mad and I thought I'm gonna tomorrow I'm gonna do different I so I started to visualize her being happy and putting on her stuff herself and it started happening she wanted to show me how she could do it on her own and I'm like yes this is working so really how you set your mind Whatever that looks like for you, do that because it just really sets your day. You're in a more calm space. You're going to respond instead of react. Your body's going to continue to calm down and get out of that fight or flight that we've lived in our whole lives. And you'll realize that you're not really bothered by some things that might come along or you're not in a vibrational match anymore, which is really important. So I don't want to say that there is this only one way to do a morning routine. It's have something and just the last thing to end on is make your bed because when you can make your bed you're building trust in yourself that you can complete a task 
And then psychologically, when you come back at night and you get into a made bed, like imagine when you're in a hotel, it feels good to get into that bed at night, right? When you're in a hotel, the emotions of that, you're getting into an organized bed. So even if the rest of your day wasn't organized, or maybe you felt you failed at whatever in the day, it's okay. You're getting into the made bed that you did in the morning. You completed that task and you're just building that trust in yourself. Thank you for sharing. And I love that you said, have a routine and also really love to not overcomplicate it because something that I definitely did in the beginning of trying to do a routine. And when I was reading all these self-help books and as any person, especially after divorce, cause I went through a divorce as well. When you go on that self love journey and building, building yourself back up, you start reading all these books, you want to implement everything. <laughs> and then it's okay. Now I have an hour and a half, two hour morning routine. And you do it maybe once or twice, and then you just do nothing. So I love that you said, just pick, you know, maybe three things, small things. You have to do it small, definitely. And even if it's just doing the gratitude, you pretending you're opening your heart, the grounding is really helpful because it sets you for your day where you can stand in your authority and you can stand strong as you build boundaries and all of those sorts of things. But I, I just really feel having something in the morning, it's going to set you off. So even if it's that, you know, being grateful for five things or five people, you're going to sit up going, okay, like this is going to be a good day. And just that, as you said earlier, having that expectation of, I wonder what good thing is going to happen to me today instead of what shit is, do I have to deal with today? If you look up like that, shit is coming because you're in that shit for attraction mode. Exactly. You're in that repel. Just a couple other little tidbits that I learned uh, from Mel Robbins actually was to not hit the snooze button. That was something that I used to do definitely, but your mind actually goes back to sleep. Your brain goes back to sleep. And then after 10 minutes, it really, it wants to stay asleep for that full cycle, which is about 90 minutes. So when you are hitting the snooze button once, twice, three times, what happens is your brain's gone back to sleep, but you're, you've gotten up. It takes four hours for you to get back into feeling like you're awake. And that's why a lot of people need caffeine in the morning because they hit the snooze and their brain actually went back to sleep. So that's one thing and not having the cell phone in the bed, like, or near you, it's better if you can plug it in outside the room or at least on the opposite side of the room. Because when a lot of us would wake up, we'd check our phone. What's happening is you're allowing the outside world into your world right away. The light is there. And again, it's really good in a theta state to reprogram that subconscious mind to not look at that light of the phone first thing. Some of my meditations are on my phone. So I, I do that more that gratefulness without any light first. I do need to turn on my phone, but even the phone, or you wake up in the middle of the night, we grab the phone. Try I used to do that. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's not great for your brain. It's not great for your emotions. Like you're letting the negative outside world or the emails or whatever it is, we feel like we've got to do those things or answer that message and get back to that person that's no. You take care of you. You put your oxygen mask on first, right? So you take care of you in whatever that morning routine is. That's your, you're replenishing, you're filling your cup mm -hmm. first before you then go to the outside world or to wake up children or whatever it is. If you have early risers, set your alarm for 15 minutes earlier so that you can meditate or write in a journal, whatever feels good to you in the quiet and still. It's honestly so peaceful. 
to be able to have that time just for you, it really sets your day up where you're like, okay, I can do this. Instead of feeling like you're always chasing, I'm late for this, or, oh, I got to quick get this, and, oh, I haven't even eaten, where you're always feeling like you're trying to catch up on your day, it definitely starts. Things just flow a lot better. <laughs> I agree. And I've been guilty of all of them. So, <laughs> yeah. so I want to switch gears a little bit and just talk about pretty much where the world is now. And I've heard a lot of different perspectives, especially from those in the spiritual community. And I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately, just trying to get different perspectives because I'll be honest, I've definitely shifted my worldview drastically. And so something that I'm very conscious about is that I like to hear all perspectives. I don't want to be the type of person that even if I believe one thing, I don't want to just listen to that because then you're still limiting yourself. So I still like to hear all points of views, even if I don't agree with it, so I can just hear what's being said. And so with that being said, I would love to get your opinion on a very hot topic that's going on, and that's the vaccine. And before I get your opinion, the way I look at it is I don't judge anyone for what they decide to do with their body. Ultimately, it's your body. It's your choice. What you decide to do is your prerogative. I'm not here to, to, to tell anybody what to do. Of course, I have my views and my opinions, but especially in the spiritual community, I'm hearing a lot of different views. And for those of you that follow me on social media uh, and my stories, what I share and what I think and what I'm going to do. But again, I judge no one for what they choose to do. So I would love to hear your perspective on it, what you suggest people should maybe consider and just your overall thoughts on it. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'll start off by saying I have, I'm fourth generation of natural healers. So we will turn to natural medicine before we will turn to pharmaceutical medicine. So already I'm of the mindset, okay, so even with what's going on with with COVID, if 98, 99% of people can heal themselves from it, why would we put something that's chemically manufactured in our body that our body doesn't know or recognize and how to get rid of that? I find that I'm an observer. So even just looking at the flu vaccine from the last few years, I worked for a company, I was a PSW a number of years ago, and even the flu, they were saying it only covered four of the strands out of however many, I don't know, thousands there are. Mm -hmm. So I'm just a logical person. I'm like, you could still get sick. So Mm -hmm. why not take good old lemon or garlic pills or whatever it is that, that you feel if you're a natural medicine type person. Mm -hmm. So I would rather not put something that's been chemically made into my body anytime that I don't have to. So for me, I won't be taking the vaccine for a couple of reasons, mainly because I don't feel that if I can heal myself on my own, then I'm going to do that. But also I've been hearing that they're putting things into the vaccine that can damage our hormones. It can create more havoc than me trying to get over if I get the flu or any version of that. And so I don't agree with it. The vaccine, what I've heard is it can even, it can tell us how to think, our feelings and emotions. It can control whether women can have children or not. That really scared me because I thought, oh my goodness, that's population control right there. What if I want to have a child? I don't, like, I'm good. (laughs) Like, why take that right away from someone? And they're really, I feel pushing that vaccine towards certain ages or even demographics. And again, I don't feel that's right. 
I'm very much love wins. The light love wins. And yes, I don't judge what other people want to do or what they feel that is right for them. That's their choice, definitely. But where I think I'm having trouble with the way the world is right now is people pushing their opinions on other people. I was at a grocery store yesterday and I don't wear a mask when I go, I will not fight anyone over the mask, but I choose not to wear it. I feel that people are wearing that as a sign of them not being able to talk. And the gentleman said, like, he's pointing to me and waving his finger, like, this is mandatory. What are you doing? And I just put my hand on my heart for him. I love you kind of thing. And this is my choice. Don't put your, that's your opinion. And, and you do what you feel is right for yourself, but please don't push your views on other people. Don't put them down. There's so much, so many comments online that are really just mean and unkind. And that is just a reflection of that person inside and what's going on. Hurting people hurt others. And I just, my, what all my posts often are kindness first, be kind to other people. We don't know what they're going through or what their situation right. is. Maybe they had someone that passed away from it and that's their choice and that they choose to get it. Hey, everyone is allowed to do whatever they feel is right for their body, but don't push your thing on other people. That really bugs me. Yeah, I, I live in Chicago, so I do wear the mask when I go into grocery stores only because it is very mandatory and I, it's a liberal state and there's really no, oh, I'm just not going to wear a mask. They will escort you out, arrest you. It's very strict yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. And so I'm at a place mentally where I don't want to attract any. I agree. I just, I'm going to go in, do my grocery shopping and get out. And I take the mask off. I don't wear it in the street. I'm often the only person in the street, not wearing a mask. Everyone pretty much in the street wears a mask and I get looks, but luckily nobody has said anything to me in the street because you don't have to wear one outside. And so I choose to wear it in the store just because I don't want the headache. And that's, that's my choice. I, I don't judge anyone because I'm wearing one in the store, but my beliefs are different. So I agree with you on that. My next question to you. Because even in the post office, it says no mask, no service. And so what if they can substitute that and say no vaccine, no service. And so just to mail something, and I'm a small business owner, right? I can't, what if I can't get into a post office without my little card that says I'm vaccinated? How am I going to ship my products? And so how am I going to get on a plane? How am I going to travel? And so now I'm thinking if they don't mandate it, which I don't think they will, they can mandate it through other means. And so I'm curious, what will you do then? Have you thought about that? Yeah, every situation is different, definitely. And the people have to do what they feel is right for themselves. If that comes down to me where I have to make a choice, yes, if I had to commute or if I had to have it to go to work, that's, I feel that's a different story. Do you just quit your job and go look for another one? Maybe if your belief is strong enough, or you do say, you know what, in this case, I am gonna take it um, for tough. me, I'm a traveler and I want to travel. And so if it's mandated that I have to take it for travel, that's something that I've been pondering too. So actually in the spiritual realm, we talk about living on different dimensions and living in different worlds. We create the world that we want. And so for me, back to the light and love is I'm just living on, I'm not living on that timeline where I have to do what they say or even the martial law or anything like that. I'm really keeping my vibration high, my thoughts high. And just sending out that love and light will it come down to something else. Maybe 
I don't know. I'm hoping that it doesn't. I'm hoping that people can have a choice or make that choice. So I'm just choosing to stay above the negativity, above that negativity is a suffering state, fear, guilt, any of that is living in a suffering state, a low vibration. And what happens when we're in a low vibration? We attract more shit to us. So yeah. I don't want that. So I'm choosing to stay up in a love vibration and, and being up here and love and joy. And you can't, I'm not using that as a bypass statement. I'll have to see what happens when that comes. I really don't want to take it. And I'm a little bit of a rebel. So I feel like I would go down that road first and just see. But yeah, I don't know. I'm really yeah. praying and hoping that things just loosen up and lighten up. Even for the flu, we have flu season for three, four months of the year. Why does the rest of the year have to be in this lockdown and all of that? I know right now is a spiritual thing happening with the alignment of the planets and all of that. But come our April, May of next year, I'm really you know, hoping that we are just in a much better place, that a lot of people are choosing to go within and live from a state of consciousness where we can lock arms instead of being in opposition to each other or having any divisions. You know what? We're all humans. We all put our pants on one leg at a time. Let's just lock arms together and stand united for what is right in this world and not about whether I believe in this or that and, and who, who does and who doesn't. It's simply we're all humans. We're all meant to be here to be kind and to love each other. I'm glad that was your answer because that's the reason I brought it up because something I've seen in the spiritual world and the self-help world is think positive, just be positive or positive vibes only. And I think that can sometimes be a little bit damaging because we can bypass, like you said, the dark night of the soul, the shadow work, the negative side. And that's still, you still have to go through that. You can't just shove that under the rug because it's still going to come up. And like you said before, trauma still can stay trapped and the body doesn't forget. And so if you have those thoughts and those concerns, those are completely valid. But what are you choosing to feed into? What are you choosing to amplify? And so I think that's so important is acknowledge it. Okay, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. What are we going to we'll figure that out? But we're not there yet. So we're not going to give that more energy. And so I really love that you um, answered it the way you did. And that's exactly what I'm doing as well, is yeah. just we're keeping our vibes up here. And so I, I really love that. When you have a spiritual awakening, you go through these stages Towards the end of it, you find yourself wanting to share it with the world in some way, shape, or form, whether it's through healing, through a podcast, through your music, whatever your talents are. And so can you share with us how you ended up being the founder of your, your company and just wanting to share this with the world? What was that journey like for you? Cool. Thank you. I've always been attracted to mindset information, whether mind hacks or all of that. I've been studying that for the last two, three years, especially with what the holistic psychologist teaches and just paving a way for us to be self healers and to share our light out there with the world. As far as uh, how the healing soul school, my company uh, started this year was simply that was to share ways that people can heal themselves. I've been involved in a couple of circles this year. This year really has been such a gift just for me to pivot. Travel is my background, but now being in conscious coaching and helping business owners to be able to share the light. What does that look like in your marketing? Let's attract people who are just like you, who are your tribe, so to speak, whatever that looks like. There's someone for everyone and being able to be open and free about it. I have, you know, a talk that I did last month called 
coming out of the woo closet. And it's just simply, (laughs) I have other friends who I've messaged or I've done a couple, I've been reading Oracle cards or energy healing. And to me, it's a way to boost your life. It's something that feels good. Oracle cards are not as scary as I was told they were as a child. They're the devil. No, really nice insight cards. It's like advice from a friend or lawn art. She's so beautiful with her sacred geometry. If you ever have a chance to look up sacred geometry, it's so beautiful. She simply says they're friends in a box. It's just a thought to put on affirmation, something to give you a nice thought for the day, or maybe a direction you've had some questions. So what really what that leading back to the school and why we started the healing soul school was to be able to have a place, a community, a safe community where people who are discovering their spirituality or have been, but have been afraid to speak out in their family circle, maybe they're really religious, the family, whatever it is that they don't really have anyone that they can ask questions like what's channeling, what's a download, what are Oracle cards, all those basic questions that I had this year as I really did a major deep dive into conscious spirituality and having a place where people can come. So we have the Healing Soul School is really, it's got two places. People who are looking for healing or for direction in their life. Maybe they've lost a job or they have a business that's been stagnant or they don't know how to get past that next stage or they've got some kind of ailment. Energy healing is the coolest thing from Reiki and I've done quantum healing and a few other modalities. I'm in the class right now for this most beautiful healing meditation that I'll be certified in soon. And it's just a way to, again, go down that path where we're going to teach you how you can heal yourself. You don't have to be dependent on a doctor, a medium, a healer, whatever that is, you will actually teach you how to go within and get those, those fundamental skills to be able to do that yourself that we haven't been taught in school or parents or anything because they didn't know either. And then the other part of the school, is anyone who's been called to be a healer, you know who you are, you have that divine message or feeling in your body and your intuition that you're meant to help other people heal. And maybe you've been given some gifts. We are, we have the school then for them to bring them in. I call it the car wash where we bring people in, we wash all the shit that <laughs> our old programming <laughs> off and we heal them. So we heal them, we teach them how to heal other people through different modalities, and then we help them with their business, done for you services, classes on confidence and how to do sales calls and all of that so that when they graduate in a year, they've already started making money from their business, but they have a business that they're walking away from and it's not figuring out how do I do ads or how do you know how to figure out my social media? They'll already have had classes to figure all of that out. Because I find that there's been such a shift to online this year, of course, which is another gift I feel that the world has given us. Mm-hmm. And just being able to navigate that. I've worked from, from home for four years now. So I have been oh, wow. online. That's something that I'm used to and is not really a big change for me. But there's a lot of people who they have been totally displaced. If you think of even a massage therapist who can't have people come into their their place anymore to earn an income. For me, I, I feel sad in that that can't happen, but the other flip side of it, there's so much opportunity for online work. And if you are called to be a healer, please reach out to me because we have, or if you, even if you want healing or direction, we have a place for you to be able to do that. My side business, as far as who I coach, I'm really focusing on leaders, visionaries, CEOs, people who have a big 
leader, like a big outreach, or they have a lot of people maybe that they look after, we're going to teach you how to heal yourself. But so that then that message of healing will go out to all the people that they have access to. And so that it just continues. It's really just, we're a place where you can come, you can be yourself. You can talk about whatever it is. We talk about everything from Akashic records to your past lives, whether you have angels or guides around you. I only discovered this year through coming into my spirituality and my consciousness that I have a guide that sits on my left side. Her name is Lily. And when I feel God's presence or spirit and that something is here and there's something to pay attention to, my whole arm lights up with goosebumps that are different than when you're just cold. And I'm like, okay, cool. She's here. Like, I know that this is inspired. And I tell you, just sharing this message of healing about the school, she's right here. And that she wasn't earlier in the, in our conversation, but it was for me, this is just confirmation. I'm doing my soul work. I'm doing, this is my sole purpose to be here to collect the people, bring them together. I am a social butterfly <laughs> and to bring the people together so that there is this safe community where we can just be ourselves. We can share. And like I mentioned, really just link arms and help people heal themselves. So it's not, there's no competition. It's just say, hey, you've got this gift. Oh, cool. I have this gift. We're all a piece of the puzzle. No one is better than the other person. And just simply, you know what, let's just if you're looking for a tribe, you've got us too. This is a great place to start and there's more of us and it's really exciting. Last thing I'll just mention is I've been reaching out to healers and a few mediums and such to share about the school and what we're doing. And I can feel the sigh of relief when I talk to them. Thank goodness someone understands me or there's, there's a, a space or a place for me just to be myself. It's almost like I hear their heart cry that they've been alone or they didn't know who to go to. And they've been in this really dark place saying, I've got these gifts. I have the light inside of me, but anyone I've talked to, my family or friends or whatever, keeps pushing me away or telling me I'm crazy or I'm on drugs when not really. They just, they're understanding and waking up their light source inside of them. And it's such a beautiful thing though. That's what we're here. We're just here to if you want to come and be part of a tribe, really just bring people together and we'll, we're just teaching people how to heal themselves. And then the hope is that then they take that message and then go share it with others. That's beautiful. I love that. And I love how you mentioned there's uh, no competition. So it's so abundant. And uh, yeah. something that I, I realized is that we're all unique beings, right? And we're all, we all have our unique gifts. And although we all have similar messages, Nobody can deliver the message the way you can. And even though we all may be sharing a similar or maybe even the same message, the way you deliver it will resonate different to your audience. And so we need you, you listening to this podcast right now, <laughs> to share your light and love and gifts and talents with the world. Okay. You do matter. And so if you're thinking about starting that podcast, you're thinking about starting that business, you're thinking about sharing that song or sharing that artwork or whatever it may be. And you're like on self doubt. And I don't know if it's good enough. I'm not ready. I need to read another book. I need to do more research. No, just put it out there, put it out there. Cause you never know who is watching. You're going to attract that right mentor. You're going to attract the, the right tribe community because it will inspire, it will resonate with the right person. And I know this from experience because whenever I just went into action mode before I was ready, that is when I attracted the right tools and the right things that I needed to bring it into fruition. And so whenever I was waiting 
and like hoarding stuff, it never went anywhere. And so I love that. I think that's beautiful. Before we wrap up this episode, I want to ask you, what are some words of wisdom so far in your journey that we call life that you would like to share with our audience that those that are on their awakening journey, something that you wished you had when you were first waking up? Just be. We're a society that has been programmed to do and chase and keep going and hustle. And it's really just flipping the masculine energy that we've been living in and introduce the feminine energy with it. They both work together and it's so beautiful. Feminine energy is just, it's receiving, it's just being, it's taking a rest and really just listening to your body and to your intuition. If you have some kind of a feeling or a vibration or goosebumps when you hear certain things or your stomach gets all excited, that's your intuition. That's God's message to you or source or your guide saying, hey, go this way. And since I've been really working on my intuitive skills and listening to my body, man, life just gets so much easier. It is a lot happier and more peaceful because I know that they're, they, we're all connected, right? There's this big, huge universe. I'm in the ocean. We're all there together. And when, when I am meditating or when I'm, you know, really in that practice and being mindful of that, you're going to hear that small, still voice that says, do this or call that person or just the excitement, that fire energy of, oh, I'm going to, if you want to start a podcast, then you're like writing out all your episodes. It's that aligned action, that aligned energy that just feels good. And you're on the right path. You don't have all the answers, but you're just simply stepping out in blind faith. I think that's probably the biggest message is just live each day in faith that everything is always working out for you. And whatever is meant for you won't miss you. If you hang on to those two sayings, that everything is always working out for you and whatever is meant for you won't miss you. That really helped me early in my journey when I had the wobbles. Is this for real? Is this just hokey and I'm just taking whatever? I just, I really just started to listen inside to those voices, that gut intuition and holding on to that. You're right. Everything actually always works out. The money, whatever it is that you're needing, we're never on the street or left hopeless. Most times something always comes in, whether it's at the 11th hour. I heard a coach say this morning, God can be the 11th hour God or creator or source, whatever word you choose to use. But God is also the first hour. It can be there right from the beginning. It doesn't have to be this a place of hopelessness or despair. It's just there. It's all there waiting for you. We're just waiting for you to to tap into that and have a look and see the magic that's right there. We have a hashtag that we use, find the magic within. Love that, love that. Aligned action and blind faith. Yes. That's like the two things I took away as well. I really love that. So before we say goodbye, I just want to plug everything that you do one more time because you're doing amazing things. So I know you have a Facebook group, My Soul Reconnection. Is that correct? Yes. Excellent. And I know you also do a showcase. You have the Conscious Business Showcase. The next one is January 29th and 30th, which is in 2021 from nine to three. And that's bringing conscious entrepreneurs together with those looking for healing or direction in their life. I'm super excited about that. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and then also how we can best support you? Absolutely. Thank you so much. We are so excited to have these monthly showcases. Again, it's to be that space, that safe place that people can come who are talking woo language or consciousness, spirituality, that we can come together and showcase businesses that run from heart 
leadership first. The, that message of being able to go within and leading with your consciousness as opposed to corporate or how the world has been. It's really just connecting with ourselves, putting our own oxygen mask on and then helping others. And so by connecting those businesses, you can come and listen. We have Jan uh, December's already up in our Facebook group. So it's My Soul Reconnection by Healing Soul School. We opened a Healing Soul School and then the part of Facebook or that, that name, My Soul Reconnection, we're helping people reconnect back to themselves or back to their soul. So there is um, the one from December, there's over 12 hours of healing and coaching, how to connect back to yourself, meditations. We have an ask a healer section in there where you come from one to three Eastern, it's from nine to three total Eastern standard time. And then from one to three, you can ask a healer. So if you want healing or you just have questions about energy healing or any of that and how it works, there's healers that are there online that you can ask these questions of, which is really neat. And to get that information one-on-one -on -one and then connect to whomever you feel called or that resonates with you. But really it's just to help bring this message out there and get people talking more authentically in their businesses and saying, hey, this is who I am at home. Let's also share that same language out in your business. And yeah, we really, <laughs> we just want to get that message out of light and self-healing and really just having a tribe and a community that you can be yourself. Amazing. And if people want to get in touch with you, I know you have all your links on your Instagram, which is at Christine. 33WL. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on Vibe Talk Awaken. It was uh, amazing just getting to know you and your story and just where you've come from and all of the things you've just overcome and just all of your growth. I'm excited to continue to get to know you and just see where the Healing Soul School will go. I think it's going to be amazing. So thank you again. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. And I just want to say how adorable you are and just how you're sharing your gifts and your light with the world. It is really so beautiful and just being able to spread that message. But I think with what you're doing and helping people just having that space where they can hear topics like this, it's yes, we're getting, this is coming out more and more, but it's just so nice to have someone who's speaking from the heart like you are and being able to, you know, have that community for people. So thank you so much for all you're doing as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for listening. Until next time. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you take a screenshot and tag me and share it on Instagram at Vibe Talk Awaken, um, I'll send you 50% off a Moon Vibe box, which is a spiritual kit that I put together with everything you need to set intentions and manifest the life that you want. Um, it has a variety of different items. There's Palo Santo, Sage, different crystals, Selenite, Amethyst. Uh, there's also a crystal cleansing spray, uh, which is charged under the full moon. Uh, so anytime you get crystals, it's always important to kind of cleanse the energy around it. Um, there's also a hand poured candle, it's coconut wax. Um, it's a collaboration I did with a small business owner. She also uh, made some handmade bath bombs. There's a handwritten affirmation card. So just a lot of good stuff in there to set the vibe, cleanse your space, which is great right before you meditate. Um, or if you have like a new moon or full moon ritual to kind of cleanse the space that you live in. Um, so it's just my way of saying thank you for listening to the show and for leaving a review. And uh, I appreciate you sending you all so much love until next time. And uh, yeah, talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you.